beautiful presence in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pastors did a great job. Come on, the pastors did a great job this morning. Amen. Impartation. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Jesus. Second Timothy chapter Second Timothy chapter one. Second Timothy chapter one. I want to be ministering on this morning, if I can, important to your into your spirit. On fear is not an option in leadership. Fear is not an option, amen, in leadership. See, fear will come, but it's not an option for you to receive it. Fear will come and it'll attack you and it'll hit you, but you need to understand that you have the option not to accept it. You have the right as a leader to say, you know, I'm not going to allow fear to overtake me nor fear to get me tangled up or caught up. Amen. So I wanted you really quick to look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. When you have it, say amen. amen. The Bible says, for God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear. But of what? Power. And of what? Love. And of what? A sound mind. Amen. Father, we want to just thank you this morning for your presence that's in this place. Lord, I thank you for the pastor and his wife, oh God. Thank you for their beautiful hospitality, oh God. And thank you that they love you enough, oh God, to care about their leadership, oh God. I pray, Lord, that you would move and speak to your church. That you would speak to us, oh God, that we would grab a hold of everything you have for us, oh God. That we would leave this place different. Leave this place, Father God, in the spirit of excellence, oh God. Live in this place, Father God, doing your will, Father God, Lord Jesus, through the hard times, through the rough times, oh God, and knowing, Father God, that we need to do everything you want us to do, Father God, that we become the spiritual leaders that you call us to be, Father, and they will not accept the lies of the enemy in Jesus' name, and the church says, amen, amen. amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slow it down a little bit because I, I want to, really want you to catch this today, because you got to understand that leaders play a very important part. In the ministry, leaders are very important. Um, leaders are, are, I'm telling you, you guys become backbone of the church. The backbone of the church is not the home. Listen to what I'm saying. I, I'm, I'm homegrown. I lived in a home for six years. I was a home director. I developed homes. When I got sent out to go pastor, I didn't understand the concept, the concept of church. But I knew the concept of homes. God said, if you're going to be effective, learn to sharpen the other side of your sword. Amen. Learn to sharpen the other side of your sword. Learn to be, amen, a, 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 a church pastor, a church leader. Been to develop the church of God. Come on, somebody, amen. amen. And so I had to learn this. And so when I started rising in our church, bring me the mic, that's good. That was a liar. Amen. It was working perfect. Fine, I was doing flips and it was still working. Amen. There we go. Look at see, look at do the Roger Rabbit, all that good stuff. <laughs> the reason why I don't want the mic is because it, all the blacks are gonna come out of me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. So I had to learn to develop the other side of my sword. Amen. The Bible says we've got a double-edged sword. And so I had to develop not just the home, but also develop the church. Because church, you guys are important. You guys are very important. And so I learned that if I'm going to develop a healthy church, I need to develop healthy leaders. Amen. Everybody with me so far? And I've learned that anytime you get involved in ministry, anytime you get involved in church, you start doing things, that the enemy is going to try to bring fear upon you. Fear of losing your family, fear of, 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 of losing, losing your identity, fear of, of just doing church. And, and the enemy will try to put that on you. Now listen closely to what I'm going to talk about today. See, in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Amen. This is why Paul, this is Paul's letter to Timothy while he was in prison. Paul was in prison and, and I will talk about you, I've been busted. And when you're in busted, you ain't playing games. Now, Paul was going to die, and he's telling Timothy everything that he needed to hear. 
He was someone say, telling the truth. So Paul was giving Timothy, listen carefully, what was needed to survive and thrive as a leader. He was giving them what he needed to be effective. He reminds him of what he was not giving him. He says, he's talking to Timothy, Timothy, we've, 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 I've discipled you, I've worked with you, I've imparted to you my purpose, my doctrine, my lifestyle, and you know that I'm not a sissified Christian. Too many sissies in the house of God. And they fall into leadership. Everybody okay so far? We're just going to have fun today. Now you gave me a mic. It's too late now. Now, now listen to what I'm going to say. He's, Paul's telling Timothy, I was, I, 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 I'm not a fearful man. Not saying that fear had not came upon me. Not saying fear had not attacked me. But I didn't give myself over to the fear. I, I've been attacked by fear many times. But I never allowed myself to push that option button. And allow it to overtake me. He says, not giving us. Someone say us. God is saying, I didn't give you, church, leaders, the option to function in fear. He's not giving us the spirit of fear in leadership. See, the word fear means this. An unpleasant, strong emotion. Anticipating of danger. Fright and terror. Disturbed by the state of mind of evil or danger. Now again, listen to what, what fear means. Unpleasant, strong emotions. Anticipation of danger. When you allow fear to take over you, you'll find out how you get all weird out. And you allow certain things to, 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 to rub you the wrong way and, and grab a hold of your heart. Listen, I want you to look at this word real quick. Someone say unpleasant. When you're in leadership and when you're functioning and you live fear, grab a hold of you, you start having all these unpleasant, strong emotions. I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know what's wrong with the pastor. I don't know what he's doing with this. He's brought us out here to die. Anticipation of danger. We're not, I don't know why we're over here. We're going to fall apart anyways. He brought it. Listen to what I'm saying. Anticipation means you're waiting for something bad to happen already. When fear grabs a hold of you, you're already saying, nope, it's not going to work. We haven't even tried it yet. We haven't even built a church yet. See, I told you that our church burned down and that we bought this new acre, this new place. Listen carefully. We went through all these changes, but I told our church, God has something great for us. God has something mighty for us. And I continued pushing the church because I knew fear would try to hit my leadership. Fear always try to hit the leadership. Because leadership, listen carefully, leadership. Your voice should sound like the voice of your pastor. And when it's not, it's because something has creeped in you. Everybody okay? Okay, here we go. We're gonna get, now we're going to wind it up a little bit more. So in other words, this is what happens to you. You start being unpleasant in your emotions. You're anticipating danger. And you're disturbed in your mind. This is when you know fear is grabbing a hold of you in leadership. So Paul was telling Timothy, these things are not an option. You cannot have fear control you because it's going to affect your Christian walk. It's going to affect your leadership position. Someone say position. It's going to affect your personal life and your growth. You'll grow all crooked. You'll grow all twisted. Haven't you ever seen trees that have a pole next to it? See, that pole is there to correct it, to keep it from tripping, from keeping it from growing like this. When you're not connected to Jesus and to your pastor and leadership, you'll start growing weird. You'll feel God speaking to you every time. Oh, God spoke to me. God didn't speak to you. You spoke to yourself. My pastor told me something very heavy the other day. 
He said, Edgy, God, he goes, I've been pastoring now 40 some years. My pastor is Ruben Reyna, my, my, my pastor, that's my papa right there. 47, 45 years, about 45 years, and he says, Pastor, God's only spoke to He goes, Edgy, God's only spoke to me like twice. He said, the rest of the times got impressed on me. Through my teachings and through my discipleship and through my leadership training, what was right and what was wrong. Too many people use that voice too, too much. Oh, God spoke to me. Calm down. <laughs> you ain't that spiritual. You'll be behaving yourself a lot if you're that spiritual. But that was for free. Here we go. I don't know where that came from. I don't even know where that came from, but that was for free. I wouldn't even charge you for that. Here we go. Paul knew that the spirit of fear can be a hindrance. Some say hindrance. So now it'd be a hindrance to you to enjoy life as a leader. A hindrance to you to enjoy the blessings as a leader. And lead others will become stressful. So now the fear, leader, the fear comes upon you and you have all these weird feelings on you that, that you can't enjoy yourself in leadership no more. I tell people, being a leader should be joyful. At the same time, miserable. No, no? okay, here we go. Leadership should be a blessing Amen. as much as it's troubling. Amen. A great leader stands out and also stands with the crowd. A great leader will stand out, but also stand with the crowd. Jesus stood up, but he also didn't know who he was when they came to betray him because he stood within the crowd. Mm -hmm. So that's why fear, someone say fear, fear, is not an option in leadership. The word option means this, a choice to select. The act of picking right from wrong. From power to powerless. He's saying, I'm not giving you the option in your leadership to pick fear. I'm not giving you the ability to pick yourself to become powerless. I ain't called you to be a powerless leader, but I called you to be an effective leader, a leader who has gotten. He says, I ain't give you that ability. To be a powerless leader, a fearful leader, a leader who cannot have faith and trust me. But I've given you some other things. Someone say other things. Someone say other options. I want to talk about the three options he did give us. Number one, the spirit of power. Oh my God. He's saying, I've given you the spirit of power. In verse 7 it says, but of, I'm going to say but of power. Paul is referring to what God has given us here. We know that he's not given us fear. The power here, listen carefully, he's given us power. The power here in this verse means the ability to produce. Hmm. We have the power to produce, guys. Women, we have the power to produce. In our ministry, we should produce our ministry. Our ministry should be growing. If you're a leader and nothing is growing, you're just a leader taking a walk and nobody's following you. You'll know a good leader by the fruit, by his followers. If nobody's following you in a leader, you're just taking a good walk in the ministry. Not even a stroll, just a walk. <laughs> See, a good leader, Truman said, will make a leader do what he don't want to do and enjoy it. Produce means this, to give birth, to form or shape into something. Wow. He said, I'm giving you the power to give birth to your ministry. I don't know about you, but when I went to the city God sent me to, that city was dying. That city needed somebody with a voice. 
God sent me out there. God said, I give you the power to produce. I give you the power to give birth. And when I went out there in a couple months, we began to give birth to that place. We began to give birth to revival. God began to raise leaders. God began to raise sons and daughters. And we began to take the kingdom of God for Jesus. Can somebody say amen? amen. Praise the Lord. Someone say to form. He says, I'm giving you the power to form. I'll form ideals in you. See, I'll form you to be creative. There's nothing like a great leader. When a leader is creative, man, that's so, that's so powerful. I tell leaders all the time, don't come and bring me the problem, but bring me the problem with the solution. Then we can talk. Well, don't come to me Sunday morning and tell me, Pastor, the, the, the media is not working. Well, tell me, have you fixed it yet? Tell me something happened, but you already fixed it, Pastor. It wasn't working, but it's working now. Amen. That's what I like to hear. Bring me problems with solutions. Good leaders will always fix problems. You have the power in you to fix your Sunday school, your nursery. Come on, somebody. You have the power to fix your men's ministry, to enhance it, your women's ministry, the ushering. You have the power. Some say I have the, some say I have the power. You have the power. In other words, I'm giving you the power to bring life and make something happen. Someone say, make it happen. Yeah. Now, make it happen. See, you, MIH, we call it MIH in the home. Make it happen. MIH it, guy. MIH it. But I only got $2. Make it happen. <laughs> then you go to the church, you tell the church, Make it happen. Well, Pastor, well, we, we're going to need um, the right tools. Um, we're going to need uh, um, the foreman's information. And we're going to need the, uh, and the church, it, it things different. But when you learn to teach the church, it's a spiritual thing. See, this is what I tell the church all the time. Church, you guys are my backbone. Church, church I'm, the home has no choice. The church has a choice. So when the church is willing, I'm going to get into I'm going to get ahead of myself just for one second. The church is willing to be behind the pastor. Oh, my God. Church, I'm going to tell you how powerful you are. Powerful you. The Bible says that he gave power to the local church. I'm going to move on to the next thing because nobody wants to hear me right now. Here we go. He given us the power to produce. I'm going to say to produce. To produce what? To produce what? To produce your promise to come to pass. To produce your healing to come to pass. To produce deliverance. To produce more leaders. Amen. Wow. Amen. A leader, you have the ability to produce more leaders. I, I spoke to a pastor the other day. I, I was doing a, some leadership thing. And a pastor came to me and goes, Pastor, uh, I, I, don't know, I don't know how to produce leaders. Or I says, hold on. We got sent out at the same time. The thing about it, it's not a gift, it's a command. Amen. It's in all of us able to produce. Amen. It's in all of us the ability to train. Amen. We're, not, we're not trained the same, but you have it in you. Someone say it's in me. And someone say it's in me. It's, it's in you. Amen. See, you need to understand today that leaders have the power to produce. Leaders also have the ability to do. Everybody with me? The ability to produce, excuse me, to produce and, and then ability are two different things. Ability means this, watch, ability. The quality of being able to do something physically, mentally, spiritually, or the power to accomplish. He's saying, I'm giving you the power to accomplish. I'm giving the power and the ability, wow, my God, to do, some say to do. The power that God has given us as leaders is the ability to tap into his power. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna set up, I'm gonna set up a, a tone for you guys really quick. In other words, I'm giving you the power key to unlock the power behind the door. Now, now this, this is what I want you to see. Power has two sides. When God empowers you, he gives you the ability. See, the Bible says faith without works is what? 
So you can have all the faith you want, but do nothing about it. It makes no sense. So God's saying, I'm giving you power. Someone say power. Power, power to produce a key. Okay. I'm going to give you the ability to produce a door. Someone say a door. See this door right here? This door, there's something on the other side. He says, but I've given you power to produce an open door. I've given you the key to produce an open door. He says, but I'm also giving you the ability to unlock that door. I'm giving you the ability to get what's on the other side. You with me so far? Now, you got, you got to hear what I'm going to say. Between this door is a threshold. Some say threshold. threshold. A threshold s- separates one room from another. He's saying, I'm giving you the power and the ability to get what's on the other side. But leaders stay one-sided. Leaders stay just with the power. The power to produce. Well, I'm making it happen, Pastor. I'm making it happen, Pastor. We're, 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 we're doing Sunday school. We're doing service. The ushering. Everything's going good. He goes, yeah, but how about tapping into that next level? How about tapping into church growth? Multiplication. Outreach. Development. Salvation. Healing. To do that, you're going to have to have, let God take you to a whole different place in your life. Amen. So someone say, I'm going to have to cross over. See, also the word power comes from the word anointing. Means the word anointing means the ability to get the job done. God says, I'm giving you the ability to get the job done. I'm empowering you to get the job done. I'm empowering you to cross over to the other side. But you're never going to see the other side unless you function in the power that I've given you. Faith. I can have all the faith I want on this side. But if I don't use that faith with works... It's what? It's dead. God said, I'm empowering you. I'm anointed you. I've given you the power to get the job done in this city. I've given you the power to get done in the home and in the church. I've empowered my leaders to take the city for Jesus. Everybody with me so far? You have more in you than you can ever imagine. The Bible says, greater he that's in you than he that's in the world. Someone say, I'm full of greatness. Say, I'm full of power. Say, I ain't full of it. Church, always remember this. We're always full of something. It's your choice what you want to fill yourself with. Come on, give the Lord a great clap offering, Amen. Oh, now, amen. Listen closely. Let's skip that real quick. The power of ability to bring out things into existence. You have the power to bring things into existence, guys. I'm telling you, when our church burned, I began to speak a building. The first words. That came out of my mouth in front of the news. The news came and the reporters, everybody was there when the church burned down. It was all over the news for a week, all over the newspapers. The first words that I said, I said, the devil meant to hurt us, but God's about to bless us. We bought an $8 million property for $2.6 million. You don't hear me though. We bought an $8.7 million property for only $2.6. That's what God can do. That's the power and anointing that's on your life. You have the power of church. Leaders, you have the power to make a difference. Paul told Timothy, you have the same ability, if not greater. I tell my sons and I tell the churches, the pastors that sent now, I said, I want you to become greater and mightier than I've ever been. I, told, I want you guys to become the best. I tell my leaders all the time, I want you to become greater. I want you to preach bigger. I want you to be greater. I want you to do, I want you to do someone say greater. greater. Jesus even said greater things you'll do. Amen. Look at how great work Jesus did. Look at the 
great things he did and he says greater things will do. So how much more do we want greatest for our leaders? Amen. Everybody okay? Come on now. I'm going to skip all this stuff right here. I won't take too much time because this is a whole this is a whole month teaching here. God has empowered us. You're a powerful leader, man. You're a powerful leader. I'm telling you, how do you see yourself is very important. How do you see yourself is very important. So I'm challenging you today. Function in the power. Not in the fear, not in the lies, but function in the power. Some say the power. Let's go, let's go to point number two. The other option. Some say the spirit of love. Ooh, man. His leaders shall function in love. His leaders shall function in power, but someone say love. It also goes on and says these words. It says, and of love. Wow. Love has the ability and the power to do tremendous things. Love brings unity. Listen to what love, listen to the power of love. Listen to the ability of love. Someone say it brings unity. Go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 14. When you have it, say amen. Colossians 3, 14 says this, and the most important clothing you must wear is your underwear. No. The most important clothing you must wear is love. Love is that binds us all in perfect harmony. Wow. Paul was telling Timothy that love brings perfect harmony. Listen carefully. But we're going to have to clothe ourselves with it as leaders. Somebody say, put it on. You, in other words, you have to put on love leaders. I know a lot, hold on, let's, let's, let's wait right there, I'll get into that right now. I know a lot, I'm going to let it go. I know a lot of leaders that have a lot of faith, a lot of power, but ain't got no love. Brother, no love. Sister, no love. Mm-mm, my God. Some people, my God, leaders don't have love at all. Love has power and ability also, church. Love has ability, some say, to unite. To unite. Listen carefully. Love is the perfect bond of unity. Paul was telling, telling them love brings perfect harmony. Church, listen to this. We're going to have to learn to put on love. Just because we say we have love doesn't mean we use it. You can teach on love. You can know the Greek and Hebrew of love. You can know all the love scriptures. But unless you use it, that's when it makes a difference. I've, I've been married. I've been married going on 20 years. I've been my wife for 20 some years. Since we were 16 years old. And she was 16. And we were young. We were young cats growing up in the church. And let me tell you what I'm telling you right now. I tell people, when we got married, I says, she got a, she, she got a burden offering. I got a love offering. She got burned because I was all messed up. I was, I was a dope fiend, heroin addict, all messed up in the streets, gang member, all tore up. When I, when I got saved, she didn't know all that too much about me. I told her, before, you, before we get going, you better know more about me, girl. And I'm telling you, man, uh, God bless me, the beautiful sweetheart, man. I'm telling you, man, uh, my, that girl takes care of me. Her love tore down so many things in my life. Her love opened me up. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to have fun. I didn't know how, I didn't even know what it was to do certain things, but she taught me love. That love tore down all the walls that I had up. Her love caused me to, to, to be unified, uh, to, to link together. I'm telling her love brought so much peace and so much harmony. Now listen to the word harmony, what harmony is. Harmony, or let me, let me rephrase it like this. Let me, let me say this. How many have ever heard Musicians and singers come and they start harmonizing. Mm -hmm. It's all all good, you know. But then you got one, 
It's crossed with a frog and a chicken. And you're going to be, well, it's a beautiful sound unto the Lord. Yeah, to the Lord, but not unto the worship team. I'm just saying. Sometimes you don't need that chicken frog, amen, in your worship team. Hallelujah. That's just for free. I don't know where that came from, but praise the Lord. But you're a leader. You should know better. Don't feel sorry for her. Feel sorry for everybody that listen to it. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Got one clap offering. Praise God. Look at Harmony. I can't believe you said that. Believe it. Here you go. Harmony in what? In with God. Harmony with your family. Harmony in your marriage. Harmony in your times of trouble. Harmony in leadership. Listen to what I'm saying. When you put on love, it causes harmony. Everything to be, someone say be at peace. The spirit of love, when put on, brings peace in the house of God. Not only does it bring unity, church, and bring harmony, but love covers, covers a multitude of sin. First Peter chapter four, verse eight. First Peter chapter four, verse eight. Says this, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Look at the power and the ability of love. Show deep love, not just show, but continue to show. So say continue. Now listen to what it says. It says covers a multitude of sin. The word cover means this, to protect, to take responsibility for another, to hide the wrongful or embarrassing things of someone. I'm going to show you the power of love. Love has the ability to cover your embarrassing moments. Has anybody ever had an embarrassing moment here? Love covered that. It didn't cover your sin for you to continue sinning. But it covered the embarrassment of it destroying your marriage, destroying your children, destroying your ministry. How many of you here ever foul and you got up real quick and act like nobody's seen you? God says, I'm, I'm covering the embarrassing moments in your life. I'm covering those things that should have just took you out. See, understand this. God is saying, I'm, I'm, I'm covering those embarrassing moments where people are not judging you, condemning you, or marking you. Because people have a way of blackballing people. No love. Some ministers will just blackball you all. He's no good. He's no good. He's no good. I can't sing, so I'm no good. Amen. I ain't going to even try to sing. I'm that chicken I'm talking about. Amen, that, that frog. Church. Love is powerful. Love, man, covers a multitude of sins. Wow. So love brings, love brings a, a harmony. Love brings, it covers a multitude of sins. Now listen to this, I'm going to tell you. Love brings balance. You know, love brings balance. We got a lot of people that are in leadership that are unbalanced. Amen. Love brings, someone say love brings balance. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. There are three things that will endure. Faith, hope, and what? Love. And the greatest of this is what? Love. Wow, it didn't say your faith. It didn't say the hope of giving people hope. It said the greatest of this, I'm going to say love. Love. We can have faith and hope for the best things but the love of God balances everything out. You hear me? Love will balance everything out, church. Love will balance things out through endurance. I'm going to say through endurance. How many ever loved someone that you just couldn't put up with? That's why Paul told Timothy, that love will balance out its power. Listen to what I'm going to say. In other words, you're going to have to love ones that hurt you, leader. Leader, you don't have a choice. 
If you're going to be a good leader, you got to love the ones you love and the ones you can't stand. Because before you used to be that one, no one could stand. You don't hear me though. My pastor, I'm telling you, took a risk with me. See, leadership is a risky business. Look where you came from and look how far you came. But you have forgotten how far you came. Leaders, you forgot how far you came. You came in the church, rough neck, rubber neck, all that crazy neck. And somehow God cleaned you up, got your mind together. You were an alcoholic. You did all this, you were self-righteous. You were a you were workaholic. You did all this crazy stuff. Drug addict, all these crazy things. So not everybody was a drug addict, I tell people, in our church. But for some reason, girls that come in with five different kids think nothing was wrong with them. So I, I got a real church. My church has got black, Mexican, white, Asian, Indians. My God, my church is multicultural. And our, our, we got, we got, we got, we got a, a really healthy church. My God, really healthy leadership. You know why? Because I deal with the issues in leadership. Because there's a lot of, there's more issues in leadership than there is in the church. But nobody wants to talk about it. Someone say love balances. Endurance hurts, guys. Endurance hurts, I'm telling you. When you love people, it's always the ones you love the most that hurt you the most. Have you noticed that? Leaders, when you start, that's why I tell people, don't fall in love with them. Just love them. Because when you start falling in love with them, they're going to hurt you. Just love them. Love them, love them. It'll hurt, but it won't hurt as much. The only ones you should fall in love with is your spouse and your children. Paul was hurt by Demas, but still loved him. Demas forsook him for this, for this world, but he still loved him. That's why love brings unity. It covers and it balances things out. We talk about love all the time, but when it's time to use it, that's when you find out who you are. Oh, brother, I love you, but you got to go. <laughs> that was for free. Church, I'm telling you right now that love is one of the lost arts in leadership. Amen. Let me go to the third one just for the sake of time. Someone say a sound mind. A sound mind. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, but people who aren't Christians can't understand this truth from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them. Because only those who have the spirit can understand what the spirit means. We who have the spirit have the spirit to understand these things. But others can't understand us at all. How could they? For who can know the Lord is thinking? Who can give him counsel? But we can. For we understand these things. For we have the what? The mind of Christ. Paul was telling Timothy to have the sound mind, have the mind of Christ. Because he knew the Corinthian church didn't understand the mind of Christ. The Corinthian church is crazy. There were too much. The girls were too crazy. The guys were all twisted. Everything was going whack, wacko. Paul said, it all sounds foolish to them. If you're a leader that expires, that, uh, that, excuse me, a leader that wants to grow to excellence, this is going to sound great to you. If you're a leader that wants to mature and do things greater in the ministry, man, this is going to sound good. But if, if, if you don't understand, it's going to be foolish to you. He didn't want them to have a foolish mind, but a sound mind. How many of you ever had a foolish mind here? Man, your mind, I know, my, I know about you, but my mind was twisted. See, to have a sound mind takes believing in God. Get rid of your logic. Come on. Logic steals and drains your belief in God. See, I deal with a lot of business people in my church. And business people, they're not spiritual, are really logical. And so I tell them all the time, I got to tell them, look at, you can't see two plus two makes four. 
You got to see in the spiritual realm. You got to see beyond just two plus two. It makes more than four. Come on, somebody. Listen to what I'm going to say next. Believe, believing makes you have a sound mind. For what is a sound mind in leadership? It's to trust God, to rely on God, and to rest in God. Listen carefully. It's to trust God, to rely on God, and to rest in God. That means in your mind you are trusting in God. How many here were taught when they were young not to trust nobody? You're told, don't trust nobody. My parents told me, don't trust nobody. Don't trust, don't trust your uncle, don't trust nobody. Don't let nobody touch you. you your, I tell my kids, don't nobody really touch you, not your uncle, daddy don't touch your mom. Don't. I teach my kids, don't let nobody touch you. I tell my kids, why? Because growing up, daddy, they didn't tell me stuff like that. I train my kids, no, no one touches you. Don't, 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 don't. But I tell them, but always trust God. Because they're going to grow up not trusting God. So I always tell them, but you always trust God. That's my final statement when I tell them, don't, don't trust God. Somebody say, trust God. So, so trust is very important, church, because we're robbed of that growing up young from trusting anybody in anything. So trust means I'm going to fully rely on you. Someone say rely. rely. Hey, you know something that's hard to rely on people? I'll be there at 5 o'clock and then 6 o'clock comes around. Where you at? I'm around the corner. Well, what corner? <laughs> they didn't lie in the corner from their house, not your house. <laughs> something's hard to rely on people. Someone say rest. You know, rest means that rest, rest I, I, I like rest because, listen, rest means to take a weight off of you and put it on the thing you're using. You know, you know the armrest? It's purpose that you to take the weight off of you and put it on that rest right there. God said, take the weight off you, leader, and rest on me. Put the weight, someone say, put the weight on me. God's saying, put the weight on me. Wow. That means put all your financial problems, rest them on me. Rest your budget on me. Leaders, if you're a leader that deals with budget, listen, rest that budget on him. People don't understand that budget's a hard thing. For those that are in charge of budget, you have to make the budget happen. It's a hard thing. But when you trust on God, you rely on God, you can rest on God, your mind, oh, your mind is not tripping. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? And you start selling everything, your cars, your beds, you're selling everything, trying to make budget. I've seen some people do some crazy stuff for budgets. And I'm like, you know, bro, um, how, about, how about try trusting God? <laughs> try relying on God? I believe in faith, but do some work too. Hallelujah. That was for free. Amen. That was a Christian commercial right there. I got a couple of Christian commercials here and there. Mm. A sound mind keeps your head together. Paul didn't want Timothy to go crazy. How many felt like you're losing it in leadership? Like you're, oh my God, this is hard, it's too much. I'm telling you, your mind's will play tricks. So your mind, you'll talk to yourself a lot in your mind as a leader. Should I kill him or should I kill him? Should I tell her that or should I tell her that? You know what my pastor told me one time? He says, edging leadership. You always got to keep, now this is this, I'm telling you, you got to keep, you got to have to keep this to heart, what I'm about to tell you. My pastor said, leadership, Edgy, <laughs> is learning how to keep your mouth shut and carry a big piece of chapstick because your lips going to get chapped from biting. He says, then put it on and go on the day. He says, because I'm telling you, man. He says, leadership, growing in church is a hard thing. Amen. I'm telling you, it's a hard thing. If you're used to speaking your mind, you have to learn to control your mind. Too many people, I'm just going to speak with somebody. No, 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 we don't want to hear your mind. We don't. I'm going to speak my heart. No, I don't want to hear your heart because your heart is deceitful above all things. Who should know it? Let's speak on what you've been trained, what we've been taught, what we've learned. Everybody with me so far? Paul was telling Timothy, not a spirit of fear, but a strong mind. A, listen here, a sound mind lets you understand, guys. The reason why you're not understanding sometimes is because your mind's all twisted. 
But if you want to begin to understand the scripture, understand the word of God, you got to learn to, you got to learn to have a sound mind. Verse 16 says, but we can understand the things. I believe Paul was talking about the spiritual things we go through as leaders. That is, you don't go through it just because, but God knows what he's doing. How many have been through so many things that it's hard to even count? Been through some stuff, man, like, my God, I can't believe I went through that. But you went through it. And you're okay. You, you, you didn't die. You're still alive. Paul was simply letting Timothy know that the things that you go through in your mind, you can't understand. Some say, I can't understand. You can understand that mental struggle. I, 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 I'm a worship leader. Oh, my God, I got a tremendous, I love the worship leader. I did a great job. Oh, great job. Great job. Great job, I'm telling you. My worship leader, she was 14 years, 16, about 16, 15 years old. And um, she married my brother-in-law. And uh, um, when, I, when, I, when I got with her and, and talked to her, when I was going to go pastor, um, the Lord spoke to me and told me, go get Amber. I know Amber since she was like nine years old. She was backslidden. She was, she was in and out in the bars and 16 years old, 14 years old, partying and crazy. And, and I, we had an all-night prayer night. And I, I took her to go, come on, let's go to all-night prayer night. Meet me here. And I started praying with her. Started rebuking suicide and, and, and all these. She had so many mental issues that I didn't know about the Spirit of God knew. And I began to speak to her and talk to her and begin to work with her, deal with her. That day, God delivered her right there. Got touched and delivered her that day. The next week, I got sent out. The next week, she was my worship leader. And she's been with me ever since then. You know what? She's never missed a service. She's more faithful than me. One day for service, she fell down the stairs in her house. And she came out bandaged up. Walking, What's wrong? What's wrong with you? I fell down the stairs, Pastor. And, and, but I, need, I know I need to be at church to worship. And I'm looking at it, but she was only doing what she was taught. And I told her, okay, Amber, this is, I'm not gonna, this is not going to go no more. You need to reproduce yourself. See, a good leader will learn to reproduce itself. And she began to reproduce herself. Now, when she's going she's gonna to take vacation, she's going to take vacation, and she'll call me a month ahead, let me know a month ahead. She has everybody doing worship and have no problem with it. Because why? Because she reproduced herself. But leaders that don't reproduce themselves, and one, mentally that struggle thing they can't do it. She thinks she can do it. She did it. Mentally they thought, oh, Pastor, but I got mental struggles. No, no, no. You're better than your mind. See, listen about the mind. You cannot stop stuff from going in your mind, but you can sure yourself stop dwelling on it. Remember, let me say it again a little slower. You cannot stop certain things going into your mind, but you can stop yourself from dwelling on those things. Know that. That deals with your mental struggle. Number two, life-changing struggles. Some of the life-changing struggles that you went through made you think the way you think. God's saying you're better than that, life, that life-changing struggle that's in your life. That people told you you're, you're no good, you're never nothing, or mess with your mind. God says you're greater than that. Some say, I'm greater than that. The last one, the spiritual battle in your mind. There's spiritual battles you're going to face in your mind, guys, and you can win them. He's empowered you. He's placed love inside you, and he's caused you to be mentally sharp. Can somebody say, man, the battle is yours, and you got it. Some say, I got this. I'm going to close with this. The simple word of Paul to Timothy was life-changing. That fear was not an option in his leadership. If you're going to go further and do more for God, then you could understand this. Fear will disable you and keep you from going forward, but the other options will keep you growing and prospering. If you want to stay stuck, it's an option you pick. Don't blame nobody else. Don't blame nobody else. Don't blame your, your mental struggle, your life-changing struggle, or the spiritual battle in your mind. You have the option, you have the choice to say, I refuse to stay stuck. That's not me no more. I'm not going to be that type of leader no more. Some say, I want more. God says, I'll give you more. 
God said, I'll give you all that you want. Bogart it. You know what Bogart is? Takes it all for itself. God said, take every, God said, take everything I have for you today. I want you to stand with me. Stand with me this morning. Take this time, guys, to come and cast all your struggles at the altar. Take this time to release everything and take this time to pick up everything that belongs to you. Pick up, church. Pick up that power to produce the power to function in the ability and the anointing. Pick up that love that we need. We need to say, put it on. Let's put on love as leaders. Oh, let's get our mind together like never before as leaders. Let's get everything that belongs to us as leaders. I challenge you leaders right now. You want to be a greater leader? Come, come now. If you want, if you want to be, if you don't want to be a great leader, then go ahead and sit down. But if you want to be a great leader, I want you to come, come now. Take the challenge. Take the challenge. I'm always fixing myself. Every six months, I always evaluate myself. Every six months, I go. I know I could do better. I know I could do better. I know I could do better. Regardless of how many churches I've planted, regardless of how many things I've done, regardless of where I've been, where I've across the world, I've preached at. I've always said, I can do better, God. I know you have more for me. I want to be a greater leader. I want to be a greater father. I want to be a greater pastor. I want to become greater because why? If I become greater, I'll develop more and more healthier leaders. Allow yourself to become greater for the ministry, for the vision, for the purpose. Allow yourself to become everything God called you to be. Function in that power. Come on, begin to get a hold of them right now. Father, your leaders right here, God. Your leaders want more of you, God. Lord, they are open, oh God. They are letting out, oh Father God, their hurts and pains, oh God. They're not staying stuck in their struggle. They're not staying stuck, oh God, in all the struggle in their mind and their life-changing events in their place. They are, Father God, they are being open before you, God. They want more of you. Come on, begin to get a hold of him right now. Come on, begin to cry out to him right now. Come on, begin.